Blog Talk Radio. Basic, and you're listening to Pam and Don. Don't mess with them. Hello, and welcome to the special edition of Christmas Movie Spotlight. I'm your host, Don Mack, and I'm here with my friend, colleague, and host, Pam. Hi, Pam. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. How about yourself? You know what? Are you trying to imitate my accent? <laughs> I was wondering if you'd catch that. I was, I was going to say I'm doing, I was doing great, by the way. Um, um, and, oh, my gosh, she tried to do a southern accent. Y'all, she's from Chicago. I just said y'all on air. <laughs> yes, you did. I just really told how southern I am. I don't say y'all a lot, but still. Um not that enunciated, at least. Sure, right, Pam says. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but she just tried her hand at a southern accent, and I don't know. But it, was very, it was very subtle. I didn't, you know, do the cartoon version of it, so it was very subtle. It, it, it was subtle. It was subtle maybe to some, but to me, I called it right away. I was oh, like, wow. wait a minute. I was wondering. Where did, where did Pam go and what have we done with her? I mean, okay. half the time I talk to you, don't even listen to me. So there. So <laughs> I most certainly do thank you. And certainly I would know right away if you were trying to paint a Southern accent in a Chicagoan voice. Yep. So I don't know what else to say. I don't know what to say. I do know know what to say here, and that is our guest for today's show, OMG is all I can say. Um, What a special interview this was. From start to finish, he was incredible, and I'm talking about Steve Basic. Wait, I mean, let's not even say anything. Let it be a surprise for the listeners. I mean, yeah. <laughs> all if I'm going to say if is, if they don't he, love it, there's something wrong with them. <laughs> all I can say is he was so highly entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, another one of those, as many of our interviews are, it could go on forever and ever and ever. So he was just, he was just so. And you'll find out soon enough, folks. It just was great. Yes, and Steve stars in the Hallmark Movies and Mysteries holiday movie, Time for Him to Come Home for Christmas, premiering Saturday, November 26th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central. And we are so excited and honored to bring you our interview with Steve Basic. Enjoy the show. Hey, Steve. Thanks a lot for calling in. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us today. Well, thank you. Most people don't take my call. No. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Nobody uh, my family. Us. Nobody tells me. Uh, so, yeah, you, you don't have caller ID, so I'm glad you answered. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys got to get a budget. That's how people, they screen me. So, exactly. Yeah. We got to get some yeah. help done. <laughs> I know, yeah. for yeah. real. Like, are, we, are we big time enough yet that we can have call screeners and Caller ID and all that. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't think we've made it yet. <laughs> no. I think you guys have, don't you have handlers handling that? 
Nope. You know what? That's coming. I, I understand that okay. we that's coming. So, um, but right now I, it's just she and I, you know, for the moment. <laughs> okay. okay. I don't know if we yeah. want handlers though. Um, no. Really <laughs> her and I, her love. and I are pretty controlling. <laughs> yeah. 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 We would be controlling the handlers. So it, it, I don't know that that would work out so great. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, then you got to handle. That's right. Got You got to handle the handlers, and who's handling you? That's right. right. See. Right. So yep. you could complicate this a lot. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's no why it's a two-man show right now because her and I know how each other works, and we know what our jobs are, and we get right. along just fine. Hey, there you go. Sometimes a small team is the best team. You yes, know? yes, exactly. Where where are you, ladies? Where you said you're different cities? Yes, I'm in Chicago, and Dawn's in North Carolina. North Carolina. That's yep. that's just, that's just close to South Carolina, right? That's correct. And <laughs> next door to Tennessee. North Tennessee. <laughs> I was yeah. almost in Nashville for a convention uh, just before COVID, and then it moved to Toronto, actually. But uh, I was looking forward to it. I would, I would have loved to get gotten down to Nashville, did some exploring, you know, listen to some music. Mm-hmm. But it never oh, happened. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Music City Row down there in Nashville, just it's just amazing. Um, I've been to Nashville once, and I said mm-hmm. it would be my last time. I love to go and just... You know, you stand on the street and you're just hearing all this live music, and it's just a great, great place to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I love yeah. It. All right. So let me see. My first question for you: How did you become <laughs> podcast host? What more? Oh, I love it, Pam. You you want me to take it, or do you want to take it? Yeah. I don't. Well, we both had different reasons. I mean, That's I nice. used to, I used to listen to podcasts. And then I started calling yeah. into podcasts, and then somebody asked me to be their co-host, and I did that for a while, and then they stopped their show, and then people like Dawn said, well, you should start your own podcast. And I said, "Not, I'm not doing it by myself. You're going to have to go with me, and then here we there are. There you go. Okay. <laughs> we've done we've done stuff independently. We've done mm-hmm. stuff together. Um, we've interviewed, gosh, I've lost count of how many people we've interviewed over 10 years, and um, done our thing separately. We both love music, so I run a couple of internet radio stations, and she was doing an internet, an indie music podcast for a while, and so was I. And you know, and we just collaborated a lot more than not <laughs> over the past ten years. And then we started cool. this show, Christmas Movie Spotlight, four years ago, and we took uh, this is the fourth season. We we took two seasons off because of COVID and just some different personal things. And so this year we kind of said, well, do you want to, you know, you want to resume? And honestly, we didn't know how it would be because we'd kind of been off campus with this show for two years. But, man, I think this is our busiest year yet. Um, So we have really had fun so far talking to folks and just um, doing Mm -hmm. our show. And so far, so good. Yeah, I think think there's a lot of – actually, today I went into the – First time I was in a room in three years, I guess. Yeah. Uh, normally, we're, now we're doing everything on uh, remotely, so I, I'm lucky I have a studio in my house. So, um, yeah. 
but a lot of people don't. So I guess it's hard for them, but honestly, I preferred being home. And But it was also nice to see people again. And, uh, yeah, it, I think everyone's anxious to, to interact again. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So. You don't realize how much you miss it until you don't get to do it. And then when you finally get that opportunity again, it's, it's really great. It's a good feeling. Right, yeah. For sure, for sure. Absolutely. So, should we go ahead and ask you your first question? (laughs) Oh, it's your life. Yeah. I mean, listen, I don't know if the words coming out of my mouth are going to be true or not, so uh, they're just the opinion of me. (laughs) Well, right. We we have to believe whatever you say because we can't, you know – Find out if yeah, that's right. not true or otherwise. Well, you could. <laughs> you could I could. Wait a minute. He's not seven foot tall. <laughs> yeah. Just and about. He's a terrible dancer. He's just a oh, terrible that? dancer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> figure this out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. We would anyway, love oh, to hear how uh, how you got started in show business. I mean, what what said to oh, you? Oh man, well, it definitely wasn't you know as most people uh, when they're young, which you know I, I'm still young at heart, but uh, you don't know what you what you really want. I had different aspirations. Let's just say it wasn't I really wasn't someone that that thought about acting as as anything I would do seriously. And uh, I'm from southern Ontario, uh, Windsor, which is right across from Detroit. It's a very industrial uh, city. Like, we had uh, the big three auto companies there back in the day before they started getting shut down. And, um, you know, everyone I knew was either going to the coals or working in the factories. And, and you know, it wasn't, it wasn't an option, the, at least in my world. So it was never really part of my consciousness. Um, There was one uh, time in university where uh, I had some friends that were modeling and trying to do commercials in New York and Toronto. And they were always saying, well, you should do some modeling. You should do this or do that. So I'm like, yeah, no, that's not what I do. But there was an ad in the local paper about an acting class. So, and it turned out to be a, not a very good person that was running the running the class. He created some really like this. Is what I'm saying people can create any story they want about what their credentials are, especially back then because there's there was no Google. You couldn't really look people up. And uh, turned out he was not a very nice person. A bit of a con man. Almost convinced me uh, to go to Buffalo to be the head of his other acting school. Like he was trying to set up franchises um, across Canada, across the states. But he never did anything legitly in his name. He had aliases. Um, I happened to know this police officer who saw me. He saw me at a wedding, and he came in and interrupted one of our classes. Two cops came in, and uh, he called me personally and warned me about this guy. Wow. He, apparently, again, very, very, wow. very dangerous guy. He assaulted a Texas Ranger. Uh, I guess he spent some time in the states. He's wanted down there, and, he, and then they were keeping an eye on him in Canada. So, um, uh, of course, I, I politely quit the class. Um, the cop gave me some, gave me some more personal some information about the guy, and 
you know, fortunately, all I lost was a little bit of money. And then I got a really, really bad taste in my mouth for acting. Like, I just thought this is not the kind of world I want to be part of. I'm very, very practical. I'm very, I'm funny, as you can maybe tell. I don't know. I like to have fun, <laughs> like to joke around, right? That's just my thing. And, um, but, you know, all that aside, I just, I had a certain idea in my head about what the industry was like. And now with this guy, he kind of uh, reaffirmed that and wanted nothing to do with it. But cut to a few years later, um, I've graduated, uh, got, I, I, I started working for one of my professors, doing some consulting in kinesiology, which is, you know, basically human movement, biomechanics, that sort of thing. And, uh, and I had some friends that uh, wanted to start a bit, I, again, I'm just giving the, the, the things that distracted me from acting. And I started a small business, which I did not like. Uh, and I'm, and I'm basically making an okay life accidentally in Windsor. Um, until another old friend comes up and says, Hey, how'd you like to do a road trip? So he and a few other guys I knew were, were heading out West. Uh, when we were in Vancouver, uh, we saw a film set and I got this feeling, you know, I just got this, really, really weird feeling. I never expected to move away from Windsor. Never expected to move out west for sure, or L.A. by any means. Uh, but there's something about it, and I couldn't shake it. And um, I decided uh, to, maybe about three four months later, uh, once we are done our road trip, uh, I decided I wanted to go back, and I was probably going to go to L.A. But I didn't have enough money. I didn't have my visa. I didn't have my green card, nothing. So I just stopped in Vancouver. And um, I thought, well, you know what? I'll give it a go. Between the some modeling and some acting, I figured I could make a go of it. Well, of course, I started waiting tables again. <laughs> no. So I, I, another, I had another few years of those. So I guess I was a real actor right away because I was waiting tables. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, actually, I, I, it, it, was, it was just if I'd never gone on that road trip, I never would have been an actor. And what I didn't realize was, was that there was an industry just north of me by three or four hours in Toronto I could have gone to. But that, for whatever reason, was never an option for me. And, um, uh, you know, Vancouver became home. I, I never quite made it to L.A. I did end up in L.A. working on, on shows and things like that eventually, but I basically worked Europe, Canada, U.S., I've been pretty, pretty much everywhere with work now. But, um, yeah, uh, Vancouver became home, and uh, I started my acting career. I've tried to quit a couple of times, but I just can't. It's it's kind of stuck in me. Part of me don't I think quit. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, who knows? Who knows, right? I, 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 I don't like to be thinking that there's no other way to live, but it's it's an interesting thing, and, and – um, where I'm at right now is I'm, I'm more in the creating. Uh, I, I do like working as an actor, but I also like controlling um, sort of my destiny. And uh, I think that if I'd started creating content earlier, I'd be in a different position right now. I don't know if I would be acting. I think I might be directing. I mean, yeah, directing, producing, doing some writing. Um, yeah, it's one of those things that, I'm trying to evolve. Mm -hmm. um, and the world that interests me 
right now are the ones I can collaborate on or the ones I can write myself. Is that a lot? That's a long answer. And that was a great oh, answer, was a good by the answer. way. And, and okay. um, you know, we, we always love to open with that question because there are no two answers alike. Every mm. guest has a different, has a different um, story as to how they got started, and it's always fascinating for Pam and I. And, and so what was your first professional job as an actor, and what did you learn what? from it that you have followed throughout your career? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I started, uh, well, of course, as I'm, you know, waiting tables, I ended up doing a couple of extra gigs, you know, extras background work. I met, mm-hmm. I met Ethan Hawke when he was a young man, and I met Stephen Dorff. I don't know if you, if Ethan's still a very, really, actually both actors are doing quite well still. But I met mm-hmm. Ethan when he, uh, when he was, I think, 17, 18. He still had, he was doing some Disney movie. Uh, they came to my restaurant. They came in separate occasions. So I've got I, my first experience on set was working as a background person on both their um, separate separately on their movies, and I really realized early on that I didn't want to do that. As fun as that was, I I didn't like not being the person with the lines, you know. And um, but thankfully, shortly maybe within the first few months, I think I got to Vancouver in about May, where I settled and got an agent, and then uh, just before Christmas of that year, I read for 21 Jump Street when they were still shooting in Vancouver. And I went in for a couple of lines. The, the casting director's like, I think you're too old for this, because I think I was 26 at the time. And I was playing a high school kid, and I had the wits about me because I didn't know anything about the business to say, well, I think that the people that play the cops are adults pretending to be high school students. And she goes, oh, yeah, you're right. So, yeah. <laughs> so let me leave. I did the leave. I, and, and they would do pre-screens back then where, you know, they they would judge you before they brought you to the live session. So I'd come in for the live session, and uh, they're, like, looking at me kind of weird and like, hey, would you mind looking at this part? And I'm like, sure. I've never really experienced anything like that before. So I go, sure, whatever. And I was reading Michael Shirtliff's uh, book. It's called Audition. And he has, it's more for theatrical auditioning, but it, the same stuff applies. It's just a, a, a series of 12 prompts or guideposts that help you get into story and into character. So I, I was literally reading that book, and I had it with me. So I took the next scene, and I broke it down and went back in 20 minutes later. They, they really liked it. They, they gave me another one, and they really liked that. They gave me another one. And I was there for about five hours, and I'd never done anything before. And uh, before I left, it looked really, really good. Then I get a call from the director a few days later saying, hey, congratulations, you got the part. And this was just before Christmas. And uh, I was like, wow, I've never spoken. Now I'm doing 40 out of the 50 pages of the episode uh, and was shooting into the new year. And, um, yeah, and and I thought these people are going to see I'm a fraud. But no one, everyone's asking me, where are you from? You're from the States? Where are you from? Like, you know, no one knew that I was not had never done anything on set before. Kind of, kind of fell into it. And and the, uh, the the cool thing about being on set as a background person is I paid attention, and so I was I already knew what to do, technically, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I always give people that advice if you're gonna get in the business before you go study with anyone and waste money, you know, go go spend some time as as an extra on set and. And pay attention, you know. Just it's not that big a deal, you know. 
Yeah, what we do is not that big a deal. But what we, if the people who do it really, really well, uh, what they do is they surrender themselves, are vulnerable, and are insane. Like one of my first LA agents said, the camera loves uh, insanity and vulnerability. Okay. Go, yeah, that, uh, yeah. That's yeah. a new one on well, me. Course, he, he had some pretty crazy uh, uh, t- clients, so maybe that's why you get that perception. But uh, I think it's true, though. It's like what we what we do, what you inherently watch when you when you get pulled in is uh, the the innermost uh, their their essence. You know, if you do it mm-hmm. well. You can eliminate somebody. You can eliminate the words that somebody else wrote and just be there. And then we we have this. Uh, there's different ways to to do to do a character, but in essence, when you forget the words that you're speaking, you're, you yourself are there. It's part of you. So yeah, yeah. which I think yeah, is one I of the questions coming up. But it's yeah, I, and it's it's you know I, I'm a person who. Uh, I'm always questioning things. I'm always, you know, I'm curious and I want to know what motivates people for their behavior and in, in life and in, in the way I approach my work. Um, and then, and then you know, even if you have the information, you still have to execute. And that's the scary part because it leaves you vulnerable. It leaves you exposed to, you know, criticism and all those other things, right? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Another, long, another yeah. long-winded Answer. Come on. Oh, so keep them coming. Love we it. love every minute. Love it. Stop. Stop. We don't could listen to your stories all day. No, let me tell don't you. Don't encourage them. Don't encourage them. <laughs> That's my handler talking. That's my handler talking. Yeah. Anyway. Well, you're such a versatile actor. I mean, you you seem to know how to to learn everything from the bottom up. So, would you say that's your most valuable skill? Uh, versatility. Um, actually, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm definitely versatile, but I think it's because I have um, I have this interesting imagination. Also, I think I'm empathetic and. So I think one of the one of the requirements, I think, of a good, uh, not and again, mind you, I'm saying these things. I'm not declaring that that's who I am or that's my ability. It's mm-hmm. ultimately when when you peel back everything, it's the way I would want to be ideally, is have the ability to create um, a sensitivity to whichever character you are playing. So I think my I do have empathy. I do have a great imagination. And so one of the things that I'm capable of doing is looking at the words on the page and, and seeing the story. And regardless of if it's something I personally have experienced or not, everything is relatable to me, but uh, I try to imagine it from their perspective. One of the first things I tell people when they get a piece, because I've done a little bit of directing and coaching and things like that, is uh, I develop basically four steps. With the first step, I call it overview. It's like stepping out of the story. It's as if you were a child and someone's reading you a Christmas story. And you and what does the child do? They just lay there and they see the story unfolding as they listen to you. It's the same thing I suggest, and what something I do naturally is observe the story. 
And the cool thing is I get to observe the story and the essence of the emotion through all the eyes. I don't just look at my character. I look, I look at everyone's characters, and it gives me a more full, uh, uh, hopefully a full character. You know, like they say, you make uh, every, every, angel's a, every angel has a little bit of a devil, and every devil has a little bit of an angel. And true. You, you try to you try to create uh, sympathy for the bad guy and questionability for the hero. Is he really doing the right thing? You know, and and you know if you play with that, it, it brings it brings the audience humanity, and I think that's what yeah. you know most people want to relate to is yeah. that sense of humanity. You know. Yeah, the more relatable it is, the the better the audience, the more believable it is. Uh, I think it yeah. resonates with the audience, and it keeps the audience engaged throughout. Um, yes. And that's and not everyone. Not everyone's going to relate to you in that way. Not everyone's yeah. going to buy it. I was actually just discussing a story. Uh, I'm trying. I'm, I'm I'm currently trying to create something else. Another. I did a film. I'm trying to make another film. On my own, my own time, my own dime, and small, small crew. Um, and uh, he was discussing the previous movie we had done, and how it, you know you check in twenty minutes later, it's essentially the same thing. What he was saying, it wasn't enough cliffhangers. But he's twenty six, mm-hmm. and he likes things fast. They like things like so. I go generationally. I am not going to speak to everyone. Right. You can't speak to everyone. You know, it, how we relate to something is through our own, you know, lens, our own filter. So mm-hmm. for some people, it could be completely uh, enthralling. To others, it's like they don't get it because they've not experienced that. So Yeah. You know, That's you create your true. own niche. Just like you ladies <laughs> with, uh, with this show, the niche. You know, your Christmas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. see? And that, you know, make the That's field right. and they will come. Feel the dreams. That's yeah. exactly right. <laughs> so yeah. now, having been a producer and a director, what do you look mm-hmm. for when deciding to take on a certain project? Money. Money. Are you going to pay me? No, Come no, on, lady. Let's get real now. Forget everything I said. It's all about the money. It's Show all about the, the dollar. Almighty dollar. <laughs> no. Um, listen, it, it, I think that for me, for me, I think that, there's two reasons to do a job. There really is. Like an actor goes, well, why did I take this role? The material speaks to you or the money speaks to you. And sometimes if you're lucky, you get both. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's, you know, if, if, I'm, if I'm personally, if, if I'm direct, if I get the opportunity to direct, uh, for me, it's, it, it is the challenge of being able to tell a story with a with limited, limited amount of resources. Because when I'm, when I'm doing my things, it's like most of my energy is in solving uh, problems creatively before they become a problem on set. So mm-hmm. I, it's almost a mathematical equation for me. One of the things I realized when I was going through university, uh, I, was in an, I was in an algebra class, engineering algebra, and algebra is basically formulas um, and, and theories and how they connect. Uh, I could see the through line in my mind, even though I'm dyslexic. Um, so like reading scripts and, and even with math, the numbers are backwards sometimes. Well, what I could do is I could take ideas, concepts, things like that, and string them together 
so that they make sense. So formulas ended up making sense to me, whereas they might be confusing to someone else. As long yeah. as I get all the, all the pieces of information, as long as I get all the components of a story, the essence of a scene, I can figure out a way to either give the actor um, maybe the subtext they need to connect the one thing to the other thing or connect uh, their relationship with the other characters, you know, to give them a thought, to give them an emotion that, and I could, I could give you a million reasons why, why and how to do a scene dependent on, you know, how, what do I want to do with you? Who are you? Where do you come from? You know, and, and what do you, what are your beliefs? What are your core beliefs? Um, and then you just create it. So for me, uh, if I get an opportunity, yes, it's still money and it's material. So I don't have the luxury to do things for free except for myself. And then I try to obviously create stuff you want to sell and hopefully you get paid for it. Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, some actors, you know, and we're talking about when they have a dark part, you know, playing a psychopath or something, you know, they can't shake off that character when they go home and some can which category do you fit into? Well, I'm not a method actor, but I do hold the residue sometimes. Um, it depends on – see, I like to per- – me personally, um, I like to joke around a little bit on set because um, I save my energy. If I stay light, I, I'm creative. If I focus too hard, I personally I, – I, I, I get one-dimensional. I, tight, I tighten up. You know, there's, there's a time, for, like, again, this is the way I work. There's a time to focus. For me, if I focus too early, because it, 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 I, I do try to go deeply into the character, I get exhausted. And, um, and I'd say that there have definitely been times on set where I'm going, normally I get along with people, right? And, and I'm, you know, I remember this, I was doing this movie called The Cult, where um, I, I think it was a Hallmark movie as well. It was way back when. And uh, there are, I'm, a, I'm now I'm in mid late late to mid thirties, maybe close to forty. And the other other bunch of actors are all in their early twenties and teens, and I'm their sergeant. And for whatever reason, this is the first time I experienced it. We're not getting along, and I realized it's because the characters in the movie weren't getting along. Yeah. And so I was like, that was the first really, because I've never adhered to being a, a method actor. I don't want to to spend my life to become uh, another life, even though that's what we do. We, we play all the time. Mm-hmm. Being a method actor, you do it consciously until you forget who you are and you become this other thing. And there's, you know, obviously techniques for doing that. A lot of actors won't, you know, speak to you uh, in, in any other way but in their character. Where, you know, I'm not, that's not, for me personally, that's not for me. Because I like to live my life. I don't want to, I want to be connected to the people in my life that are who they are and I want to be who I am. But it's tricky because I, I, I'll tell you, even, um, I, I remember just before, maybe a year before COVID, um, I had this one day where I had five auditions. And they were all slightly different or quite different. And I remember I was focused so intently, like focus on the first one, and then I, I, I these little ideas for each character, and I focus on the next one, and the next one, next one. But at the end of the day, my brain was mush. I had no <laughs> idea who I was. It took me time to recover because I, I just like, wait, who am I? 
Right. You know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was pretty funny. So, yeah, yeah, you had to kind of reach in there and find yourself, you know, among yeah, all that. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, uh, you know, then you got to have the ability to tune back into your life. And, and I do that with breath. I just come back and, you know, exercise, breathe, you know, watch something funny with the family, that sort of stuff. And that gets me back to Because, you know, you can get stuck in your head at mm-hmm. any time. You That's know, right. people That's in right. general, they could. They start believing the nonsense, and uh, next thing you know, they're living it. So, oh yeah, yeah. so true. Well, yeah. we are so excited. We can't hardly wait to see you in time for him to come home for Christmas, um, which will be airing on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries this holiday season. And oh my gosh, um, I think it's like it, end of November, right? I think yeah, and it, yeah. it looks like it's going to be an, a, just an amazing story, um, just from what we've seen on the surface. Um, what can you share about this movie without giving too much away? Oh geez. Oh, <laughs> well, get, get your handler. Get your handler. Well, I don't know. I mean, what, what I one of the things that I I personally liked about this particular, at least for my character, uh, was I was allowed to go a little deeper into my emotions. Mm-hmm. So it's it's um it's it's too they're devastating. There's two parallel stories that come together, and um, tragedies happened, and and that's the that's the cohesiveness that that's the thing that the tragedy is the thing that brings these two worlds together, three years into the future, and um, uh, you know I, I mostly operated on one end by myself, and then there's the other characters, um, Colin and Tyler were on the other end. We had these brief interactions, but what I really did enjoy about it was the ability to get vulnerable and um, more so than, you know, any other Hallmark movie I've done or show I've done. So, yeah. I think you get to feel a lot. And, um, you know, David Winning directed it. He's done a lot of, a lot of great stuff. Um, he's also a friend of mine. And, and, yeah, they just, you know, they were very gracious. And, and you know, there's a certain formula that, you want to stick to because, of course, we want to keep things upbeat for Christmas. And but it, it, I think what's what's cool is that it was rela- it is relatable. Tragedy is relatable, but then at the end, you you kind of you also have hope. And yeah. um, we just got to go a little bit deeper this time, which I really really enjoyed. So yeah, and that's one thing that uh, Pam and I talk about often, especially this time of year. Um, you know, the movies on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries during the holiday season, they have such a deeper story than the lightheartedness yeah. you find on the Hallmark Channel. And um, we're always watching the movies, of course, and so we'll be texting back and forth, and I'm like, I'm 30 minutes in, not even 30 minutes in, and I'm like bawling right now, you know, if it's on yeah. the Mysteries. But it's, the movies, um, the content just makes you feel. And so when we saw that this one was definitely going to be on that channel, we were just like, oh, this is going to be so heartfelt. I just know it. So get the Kleenex. Yeah. Get the Kleenex. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Young yeah. stock in the company. So, you know, the the whole Kleenex Corporation is like, um, you know, special this time of year, but definitely. Exactly. I didn't think of that. Maybe I should buy some Kleenex too. <laughs> there you go. Be a good investment. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it would, because if all the women, maybe even some of the men, are like us when we watch Hallmark Mysteries, um, 
we start crying and we cry till the end when it's a sad and then it's happy mm-hmm. we cry so there we are that's right <laughs> you know yeah oh, we need I'm, the a, Kleenex. I'm a crier i'm a crier too so are you don't it don't take much i don't i, I don't cry i don't know i cry it's weird because i'm a sensitive human being and then and then you know certain things like my kids will laugh at me and i just call them heartless yeah <laughs> and then they cry <laughs> And then I make them cry, see? Yeah. I'll show you heartless. Cry. Yeah. That's you right. Make them feel guilty. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Right? You too will well, cry. If, yeah. if you were to write your own Christmas movie, what would the plot be to get to the happy ending that we always get with these types of movies? Well, actually, we did pitch. We pitched something for Hallmark. Um, and mine, mine involves an ex, uh, an ex serviceman who's suffering with some PTSD. He's in the big city, uh, and and uh, his his uh, and a parallel story is this uh, uh, female executive, she's an ad executive, who wants to become an anchor, uh, and there's a spot that opens up, and they and the 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 anchor job will go to the person who comes up with the best Christmas story. But of course, this executive is jaded. Um, She—I uh, don't want to give away the whole story. But right. It's basically, in, my story is told through a reindeer. Oh. They both end up on the same farm, magically. Uh, the uh, the proprietor is a, a guy who has to go away for a little while. He's looking for someone to take care of the place for him, and also to take care of the. The, the the stock and the trees, the tree farm. And um, the uh, ex-Marine uh, doesn't realize what he's into. And when uh, the exe- ad executive shows up on the same farm, um, they kind of have to work together. And um, the, the gentleman suffering PTSD doesn't trust his feelings. And through the help of the reindeer, who he confides in, um, oh, he finds his way. It's called I love that. To talk. And unfortunately, That's right. the, person we, the person we pitched to uh, moved to a different network. Um, oh. So oh. it may never see the, it may never see the, the light of day. It, it's much better than I explained it, but that's what it is. That's what I would say. Don and I say, come on, Hallmark, get it done. Let's go. That's We're right. Ready. Yeah. That's yeah, right. Yeah. We've, got, we've got a treatment and everything, but um, yeah. Who knows? We still might do it. <laughs> well, you never, never know. know. It's very. I mean, it definitely. Um, it's not. It doesn't sound like anything that's out there, or you know, we've no. seen it. So exactly. um, that would be. Um, it would be heartfelt. It would be entertaining. I mean, it's got everything. It covers yeah. all the bases for a Christmas movie. You've left exactly. nothing out. So, um, so Pam and I will. You know, we will definitely promote that if it becomes reality. You can. You yes. can bank on it. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> well, before we wrap up, we always like to play a little lightning round, which is Christmas theme. There are no wrong answers. We just love to mm-hmm. ask these questions. Um, but uh, what is your favorite Christmas tradition? Caroling. Going door to door and annoying people with my songs. <laughs> you know, I I've think he's the first I've, person I've, I've we asked that that's at caroling. It. Yep, I I've believe so, caroling, too. Uh, Two seasons in a row now, especially over COVID, I've gathered a, a team of uh, neighbors, and we go annoy other neighbors. 
And it's actually hey, fun. We've actually, but that's so great. traditional, though. That is wonderful. It's I mean, now look. We used to do it when I was a kid in, in my neighborhood, even though it was a right. dangerous neighborhood. We still did it back back in the day. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, well, I, and it's, I've done it it's in just about every Hallmark movie. So, you know, it has to happen in real life. You know, people love seeing this type of stuff in the movies this time of year. So it's, it's only natural that you should do it in real yes. life. So, what's your favorite Christmas song? Uh, well, I got two. My first would be Silent Night, and the, the next would be uh, uh, The First Noel. All right. Favorite Christmas yeah. movie? Elf. And Hot Toddy or Hot Chocolate? Hot Chocolate. And White Lights or Colored Lights? White. <laughs> <laughs> that was easy, huh? Or, I, I, actually, what I should say, I don't like them mixed up. Like, I like uh, either – I do like a, like a nice um, blue. Um, yeah, but I don't like the, the – because back in the day, I remember I didn't – around my house, I didn't like I didn't like the composition. You know? It's all about composition. Mm-hmm. I think it's – the solid lights are a little more elegant, you know? Yeah. Well. Everybody's entitled to their own taste, and that's why we have such a diverse world, and we say go for it, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Well, we can't even begin to tell you how much we enjoyed speaking with you today, and we definitely would love to have you back sometime in the future with any new projects that you have, even your own Christmas movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. That would be cool. All right. Well, I had a lot of fun, too, so thank you. You're welcome. And since we will not be around and be talking to you during the holidays, we want to wish you and your family a blessed holiday. Same to you. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, hey, this is Sly. You're listening to Pam and Dawn. Is that Pam and Dawn or is that? I don't know. I don't know. Stop hitting me. Hey, oh, Adrian. Hey, guys, don't leave us yet. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Christmas Movies. That's X M A S M U V I E S. And also like our Facebook page at Christmas Movie Spotlight. Don't forget that's spelled M U V I E S. And follow us on Instagram at Christmas Movie Spotlight. And don't forget to check out our website, ChristmasMovieSpotlight.com. That's movies with M-U-V-I-E-S, ChristmasMovieSpotlight.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.